0: didn't until, like, right when the show was starting. Yeah, exactly. Asshole. How the hell am I supposed to promote this shit if I don't know about it? This is my big complaint about you hosts. You never tell me everything. And then I have to discipline you. Well, That's that's just one host. I don't know why you guys throw everybody in the same bag. Well, (laughs) that's right. I'm sorry. This time you did tell me. Yeah. In fact, I had Almost several days' notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> What's that with that? Oh, and we got to talk about Quiz's show. He is going oh, to be. He? Qu- he's got a show coming up this weekend, right? It's on uh, November 9th. Let me pull it up here in mm-hmm. my events. Opening Hold for you, oh, oh, it. Oops, Dave. Wrong page. Sorry, uh, sorry. Here we go. Where are my events? There they are. The Rockstar Tour with D twelve. Yeah, that's November 9th or yeah, at 8 p.m. at the rock bar sofa. Oh, back bar I can't read it, Bob. I don't have my glasses on. Hold on. Hold on, let me put my glasses on. Need my eyes. Girl, get them Okay, yeah, damn it. Back bar sofa. On South Market Street in San Jose, that is November 9th, and tickets are available. All you have to do is go to the Facebook page for Friends of the Pod, CB Promos, or Critter McDonald. Shit. And uh, that's it for us this week. We are very grateful that you listened, and thanks for calling in, Quinn. We needed that. And we will yeah. see you next week. This is Critter McDonald signing off. Zima Wyatt from ZM Productions. And this is Bob. And ladies and gentlemen, the champ. The original nightmare, Sin. Woo! All right, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. original nightmare. And here's the <laughs> darling, Okay, Bob. Fluffy teddy, from teddy from bear. <laughs> Pot of stem. <laughs> Night, Quinn. See you okay, at home. I love you. Be sweet. Love you, darling. Bye I love bye. you. You wanna you wanna Bob Bob I
1: gotta
0: stop
2: M O I T Oh, man. Hello. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. How you
1: doing? Ready to go?
2: Let's do it. So we are going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you. So we want you to find YouTube, keep this podcast going, might be listening to us live on Internet Radio as we do stream first every Sunday afternoon, 5 p.m. Eastern, on our good friend, mutinyradio.fm So every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, you can just go to mutinyradio.fm, type it in, and listen to us. Or if you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, it's that amazing, easy-to-remember L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-P. You can't screw that up. And don't forget to donate to Radio at Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Carl, what movie are we watching today?
1: We are watching Diary of a Madman. Diary of a Madman. That is what you put in your YouTube search. 1963.
2: 1963. What a great year. Nothing happened that year, I believe. Well,
1: neither of us were born. So nothing happened. Yeah,
2: nothing happened. From our
1: perspective. (laughs) All right. So. The channel we like. Once again, it's. Di- it's not dairy, it's Diary. Diary of a Madman, yep. 1963. And the one we like is A-N-C-I-G-E-R P-E-R-I-C-A. Oh, 타- okay. And Seeger Parisa.
2: Gotcha. Angry Parisa. So go ahead, uh, type in Diary of the Madman 1963. You'll see Vincent Price in parentheses, full movie. This is courtesy of our new friend, uh, uh, Angola Percia because none of us white guys can pronounce shit, because we're terrible human beings. Uh, but we are excited to watch this movie, so go ahead and click the link. I'm doing it right now. Hit pause while it's fucking buffers. And if you uh, start playing it, move the, the timer to zero, zero, zero.
1: I'm going to do the Brumbach. All right, I am ready. There. Once again, audience. Diary of a Madman, 1963. It says Vincent Price, full Movie. You'll find it if you don't put that in. And we like Angloperosio. Is there? Oh, chair.
2: that's perfectly pronounced. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's get this started. I am. I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to brumba, ladies and gentlemen. Uh... Okay, so, let's get ready to brumba. and now, what you've all been waiting for, Master of the Descending Numerals. The Countdown King himself. Would you please welcome, Mr. Paul Brumbaugh. Alright guys, you know the drill. Put that
1: finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. Whoa, it's already a hard
2: Oh yes, this is our, I guess our obligory, uh, obligory. this is to me horror movie for uh, Halloween as our show will broadcast near it. All
1: this right. is our Halloween episode?
2: I hate doing Halloween episodes, I hate doing Christmas episodes, movies are movies. I don't need to watch 31 days of scary films or <laughs> a month of
1: holiday films. That's a hook to sell commercials. You're smarter than that. Oh, I...
2: Well, I did get suckered into Hallmark Channel's February Arbor Day uh, month. That was terrible. <laughs> I watched, like, after the 16th movie. I'm just a botanist, and I'm moving to my hometown to study a tree. Oh, I'm just a hunky lumberjack, and I would have cut down the tree.
1: We're totally opposed to each other. <laughs> my Our wife family loves um, Hallmark Ar- Arbor Day films all month.
2: Oh, she does? She's a big artist. Don't you see, did you tell her, like, they're selling out the season?
1: There was one recently in which there was an environmentalist and a corporate moral, mogul. Uh, and they end up falling in love! Can you believe it? And the guy starts yeah, manufacturing tuck- trees. What a great ending.
2: I saw the R-rated version when they fucking an arboretum.
1: <laughs> they were on the swing on the tree, I remember.
2: Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I think uh, it's been a while since I used my coffee maker, Carl. I'm just going to dump in the whole thing. Start this movie. Oh, we get to start so, off with a prelude.
1: Right. Now,
2: the there's a guy named Guy
1: de There's a guy named Guy de Pausant, And I know you've got an English degree from Brandeis. You probably know that he was like the father of the short story. Um, and this film is based upon two of his books. One's called The Horla uh, in 1887, and the other is Diary of a Madman in 1885. So they, those two short stories were married <laughs> in this masterpiece.
2: Ooh, do, is it seamlessly uh, married, or do we get to see the stitches halfway through the film?
1: We see the stitches. They left out a lot of stuff from the books, by the way. This is... Uh, yeah, well... Uh... Clearly someone died, Right? It's a funeral. You think? Mm-hmm. It's not a wedding?
2: Oh, I'm at the wrong party. I mean,
1: service. Uh, uh, now, yeah. the guy who died is Simon Cordier. Simon Cordier, who's a magistrate. It's like a judge in France. Um, oh, I never knew that. Yeah. And those and are his lovers. <laughs> no, those are the priest's lovers. <laughs> but nonetheless, they've, you know, the priest was a fan, so they've come to the.
2: uh Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. His red and gold teeth. All right, throw him over the cliff in three, two. You. Oh, no, they're lowering him in the crown. How respectful. Right,
1: and you see, it's but not really a casket, right? Because he burnt to death in a fire in his very own home, magistrate courtier.
2: Yes, I know his last words, Carl. Uh,
1: the roof. The, the roof. The roof, the roof, is, on the roof fire. is on fire. We don't give a damn. No, that's not true. You'll see later from the film. His last words in the film. Uh, here it is. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Am I
2: crazy or is it hot in here? I believe it was his last words.
1: Is it just me? All right. Anything off? Is it just me? Or flames licking my <laughs> boots.
2: What other awful things could we say during their funeral?
1: This is a fake like movie. somebody like really died in a fire.
2: Yeah, yeah. We would never say this in real life, unless it's an entertaining show.
1: So the cop is saying to like this gallery owner and his daughter that Simon Cordier wants you to meet. You know, it was the wishes of his will, uh, and here we are at the uh, Gallery Diab. Okay. But the thing is, they it's hated Cordier. Right? So they're like, why are we here? Why were we asked to be here? We hated this
2: man. Right, and his art sucks.
1: <laughs> he was a sculptor.
2: Oh, does that play back to the sculptor's move?
1: Master is of presents
2: cle- haunted by the sculptor's move? I thought I saw the eyes follow me everywhere in the room. Well, yes, their eyes in a jar, pickled jar, pickled eyes. Yeah. Of course, it's gonna look like there's a. Of course,
1: pickled eyes will follow you
2: around. Doctor um, Frankenstein, be... is it me?
1: There will be a scary thing with a sculpture. Okay.
2: Cool, like oh. a bucket of blood when the sculpture, uh, paper machets dead bodies.
1: No, uh, coincidentally, it will also revolve around an eye, just like you predicted.
2: Yeah, like in the scene of Frankenstein where Igor says, is it me, Dr. Frankenstein, or do the eyes in the jar follow me
1: everywhere in the room? Those are pickles. Okay, so what is it? It's a diary. It's a diary oh. of a madman.
2: Dear diary, this is my first entry, and I feel completely sane. I don't know why I mentioned that, but as I progress.
1: Now, you'll see throughout the film that Simon Cortier is very, very sane. This film is not titled correctly.
2: Well, I paid good money to hear a diary.
1: Of a madman. What he's saying right now is, like, the contents of this diary I couldn't say to you while I was alive. This will explain everything and it will act as a warning to mankind.
2: Oh, God, I hate the structure. So then there'll be flashbacks and shit like that?
1: The whole thing is a flashback until the end of the film where we'll be right back here.
2: Do you like that style of filmmaking? Uh, Billy Wilder did it all, all the time, you know, or...
1: I don't he dislike the it. I had an idea for Waterman in which, in the beginning scene, he begins to have a flashback. And then during that flashback, his character has a flashback. And during that Love segment... It. You know, and it just
2: keeps flashing, flashing back. That's a great idea. Uh John Carpenter in Ghost of Mars had a flashback within a flashback.
1: Uh huh.
2: He didn't Maybe care.
1: That he idea has it. it. been done.
2: No, but it's been done, but you know what? It's a comic trope and uh your show Waterman, uh now avail now streaming. <laughs> yeah, not get a, it not on video services, but w tre-
1: water yeah. waterman streams. <laughs> Talk about oh, streaming? Where's the
2: streaming? oh it's vincent price oh by the way i've improved my vincent price impression okay go ahead last week i'm vincent price
1: yeah that was the oh you want me to do it (laughs) again now this film is not a good film and it's slowly paced and everything but vincent price just he pulls it off just on the strength of his acting uh okay so the cop comes in and says, the killer, Louis, uh, Louis Giraud, wants to see you in his cell. And he's like, he's going to be executed at the guillotine. It's 1880s here, and they guillotined people. And he's going to be executed at the guillotine, so it's sort of like a one last meeting before he dies. And Vincent Price, you know, Cordier, is agreeing to it because he's curious. I mean, what can this... At the trial, the guy said that if something possessed his body and made him kill four strangers, it wasn't his fault. So now they think they're going to get a confession.
2: Not my fault. Listen, officer, my friend handed me a knife and said, can you hold on to it?
1: He's bringing his hat because he's also bringing his bald spot with him.
2: (laughs) How old do you think Vincent Price is in this movie? 63? God, he's young. That's always a good this way, one. though, right?
1: Uh, let's see. His first film ever was 1935, so he's got to be mid forties here, maybe
2: not. Mid forties. His first film was when he was 12 years old. Uh, am I
1: wrong? 1935. His acting career began. I don't have his date of birth here. He was actually performing in Orson Welles' Mercury Theater. That's it. That was his start. Um, wow. Now this wow, two is. Hotheads. Louis Giraud and his name's Harvey Stevens. He was from this nineteen fifty nine movie called The Bat, which I tried to sell you on.
2: Is it good The Bat?
1: No not really.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh well then why did I do what did yeah, I right. about it?
1: It's no it's yeah. no wonder you didn't you didn't pick it. I also tried to sell you on The Last Man on Earth, which is a Vincent Price film.
2: Oh, I love that film. That's, so, I, Legend is uh, it's based on I, Legend, which, uh, of course, became its own movie.
1: Yes. which uh, That's a great cool. film. Yeah.
2: He's he's so lonely. He's just gardening in his yard. What's that? A sexy Italian zombie <laughs> ladies. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie.
1: So, basically, we're hearing, no, I did not come to confess. I came to reemphasize, I didn't do this. A nutbag crazy thing made me do it.
2: So he sold like two candlesticks because he's or that doesn't, Ms. Sorry.
1: Oh, that you're on, you on camera, Sandy.
2: My I'm on what? That's
1: entered
2: our podcast. Oh hi, I'm not on uh, video, but hi. Hi, wife, <laughs> whose name I'm not going to mention on our podcast <laughs> to protect <her laughs> privacy. Right,
1: don't mention Sandy's name because we have privacy issues. Okay, so now. Carl, don't
2: happen? mention Sandy's name.
1: All right, I'm sorry, Sandy. Um, what's going to happen now is <laughs> Louis Giraud, you get. Met, okay. Louis Giro is now going to get crazy and try to kill Vincent Price. Now, watch while his eyes will glow green.
2: Cool. Oh, so there is special effects in this movie. I just figured they go, oh, hey, I'm possessed by a demon. Look out. And they save this money on is, budget.
1: It's not so. The effect is special.
2: Hey, onto that guy's grinder site. He said his eyes were brown. I want him refund.
1: <laughs> he goes, oh, you hear that your eye Yes, that was hilarious. But your eyes aren't green like your Tinder profile." <laughs> uh Oh. <laughs> He's hugging. Looks like neck.
2: somebody. Did they paint that in on the after they finished making the film? They like give me that master. Look at the. Oh the, no! Oh, now they're gone. He didn't like the price.
1: You're right. So he's dead.
2: Wow! Vincent killed him in the jail cell.
1: Cold yeah. bastard. Knocked his head against a wall and made blood come out his nose. <laughs> now Vincent Price will Roll get himself, no no trouble whatsoever for this at all. Um,
2: that is ridiculous. <laughs> God, this guy thinks he knows how to write a good story. You kill a man in prison, you you stay in prison.
1: There, there's no inquiry. There's no looking into it. He's like, well, it's a better death than the guillotine.
2: Listen, we were going to kill him anyway. Right. We save money on the crowds.
1: <laughs> right. He'll get a commendation for saving the state money.
2: You can hear the crowd outside. Guillotine. Guillotine. <laughs> Okay, listen, listen. We don't, we don't want to say no to a crowd, so we're gonna bring the body. He recently died. All right, get him there. All right, here we go. Uh, It's not. We're gonna chop his head off anyway. It's not the same.
1: It's It's not not the same. same. You can't see his eyes look at you as he rolls. Now I always wondered to myself, why didn't they call it the Killeteen? Why not just call it the Killeteen? And then I realized. Yeah, they. I realized it's because they don't speak English. They're speaking French. That's why they want to kill a team. They don't
2: understand puns either, like English puns. <laughs> <laughs> uh Yep.
1: Now I'm foolishly I writing. I I'm, a... I'm foolishly writing down guillotine, guillotine. Watch that end course. up at my next open
2: mic set. Oh yeah, you're not going to start a band called Guillotine and play a TV <laughs> TV? Take a side seat. <laughs> well, that was it. Okay. That was the human uh, code rack. Hello, sir. Hello. I'm going to be replaced by a code rack in 50 years. Well, in the meanwhile, I'll take my coat.
1: This is his Ooh. prized bird. He loves this bird.
2: Bird is the word.
1: Yeah. And he's talking all baby talk to him now. Maybe I should have put it up. Oh, look. Oh. It's a portrait of his look, dead some... wife and dead son. What's it doing here?
2: Oh, I don't th- it might be a couple of seconds off.
1: How could you... He didn't hang that
2: up before? He
1: did not. So he calls in our first Star Trek connection. What the hell is this doing really? here?
2: So this movie was 63. Star Trek was, what, 67.
1: Star Trek started in 66 and was done by 69, probably. And this yeah, guy, right. he was in two Star Trek episodes. Uh, his name's Ian Wolfe, and he was in, um, let's see here, All of Our Yesterdays, which was a great episode in which they go back in time. Um, that was 1969. And another one called Bread and Circuses, which was also a great episode in 68. Um he has four hundred television and T V commercial uh TV credits.
2: Oh yeah, like uh yeah, please
1: pass the grave Poupon. <laughs> as It'll opposed be, to the other woman he was talking to has one credit, Blood of Dracula. That's it. Wow.
0: And yeah, this like
2: a demon movie and a Dracula movie. Okay, so you No, know, I never gave him a gift. I never gave Dracula and Mrs. Dracula a wedding present.
1: When they, oh, the Bride of Dracula?
2: Yeah, it's embarrassing. I talk,
1: he never brings it up. Here's two liters of pig's blood. Just for while I'm in the house. Whoa. Okay, so he goes, look at all these fake cobwebs. Like, we never go up here. He goes to put away. <laughs> the. Por- it's inexplicable how the portrait got there. And now the internet's going to tell me that this is a hell of an anachronism. There's his dead wife's dress. And here's his son's right. stuff. There's a teddy bear. And there were no teddy bears yet in the
2: 1880s. You're kidding me. How cool. Oh, because Still, of Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt. A,
1: yeah. Um, I have it written here. Um,
2: well, can I say it from memory for you? Yes. So Teddy Roosevelt, who was a c- fucking asshole, what? He was really nice, and he said, like, well, he was like, let's go on a, a hunting trip where we could shoot bears and their children. They're like, yeah, you're the best, Rosie. And they go off, and he shoots everybody, and there's a little baby bear. He goes, don't right. shoot the baby bear. That's right, that's right. No, like, what are you die. talking about? We just shot his family. Right. He killed his mom. They said, no. They're like, what an asshole. You're worse than Jackson. And they said, "Oh, well, let's celebrate." And they started making stuffed animals called
1: teddy bears. Right. There was a newspaper cartoon of it in 1902, and some industrious person said, "I can make money off of that," and he made teddy bears.
2: Yeah, never saw a dime, neither the bear nor President Roosevelt got a dime from it.
1: Oh, so now if that story happened. Somebody was up there like because somebody was up there because they wrote in the dust that. Hate is evil, and Vincent Price saw that, but when our Star Trek connection comes up, it disappeared. How,
2: what, to the magic of wiping it off the wall?
1: That's the thing. We'll find out later that this thing is called a horla, and he does have a physical being. So how can he make dust? You know, he would be like a person, wiping the dust. It doesn't make sense.
2: Right. Well, you know what it was? He left the uh, door open when he took a shower and the steam uh, uh-huh. hit the wall and then he saw it. But by the time the butler saw it, the steam had dissipated. And
0: mm-hmm.
2: he can't see <laughs> it was a smiley face, too. And Wash Me. You can see clearly Wash Me on the walls.
1: So now the butler's telling the maid, This guy's off his fucking rocker. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. But he's starting to lose it.
2: He's like, Yeah, I know. He has two servants for one person. You need a maid and a butler, Carl?
1: I personally do not. I just need the one. My maid drives. She drives us, she cooks.
2: Right, she opens the door, she takes your top hat.
1: It's it's less expensive.
2: All those books are full novels because the short story had not been created yet.
1: <laughs> now the guy who wrote this, he was the father of okay, let's see here. He's born in 1850, the father of the modern short story. Um, depicted human lives and destinies and social forces, disillusioned and pessimistic. 300 short stories he wrote, six novels and three travel books, and one volume of poetry. And he influenced people like O. Henry and Somerset Maugham.
2: Maugham.
1: Maugham.
2: Listen, but we can't pronounce our friend who's uh uh, uh posted this movie. Who's yeah? Um, the
1: subscription, the channel. Amberstamp.
2: <laughs> oh, Amberstamp Papothesis.
1: So his most famous story was called The Horla, and that's what this is: The Horla and Diary of a Madman together.
2: The last time I guess the Horla was in synagogue.
1: <laughs> really?
2: So it's the Hora. H O R A. I have to explain to my puns
1: when I'm bringing to Judaism. <laughs> to, to a goyim audience, you have to explain your puns. Yeah. The man you're is sure. a mensch, he's a mensch, uh, which means a really great guy who... Uh, <laughs> it's kind of slubby. Slubby means you're kind of like, you know,
2: a cocktail.
1: I've been accused when I do my Jewish puns of uh, patronizing, uh, which means to talk down to people uh, if they were stupid. Were
2: you Were you saying that People thought you were condescending.
1: That is talking down to them. Okay, now, the testimony of Louis Giroux is on his desk. And he's like, hey, servant, what the fuck? Why is this book on my desk? Did you pull this down? He goes, no, sir. The man who... It's also written uh, in uh, English.
2: uh, Oh, right, here he is. my God, how many people... Oh, this is his office. So he has, like, uh,
1: clerks. Right, and they bring, he's a judge, he's a judge, and they bring him cases. He doesn't go to the bookshelf and get them.
2: Right. The uh, Western Union, the Amazon.
1: So a lot of things are happening here. The picture appears in the study, right, after 12 years. His son died, and the wife killed herself because of the tragedy. And that was 12 years earlier. So the, the painting shows up. Then somebody writes in the dust. And then Louis Cortier's file is on his desk. It's like lots, lots of weird stuff's happening.
2: And this is great. The budget is still $0. You know, for a horror movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they spent a little money on this. They got green glowing eyes. And later you'll see that stuff floats.
2: <laughs> well, plus it's all a period piece, too. I mean, everything is... Uh... Looks
1: like it's eighteen hundred. Yeah. Except for the teddy bear, that was uh, about uh, 18 years early, according to the internet, and that's a big deal. Look, see the ink. Oh, I see. What is going on? Yeah. Somebody oh, right. ruined the testimony of Louis. Giraud. Oh, Carl.
2: Tell, uh. Can you pause and let me catch up?
1: No.
2: Audience,
1: what are you 24, 24. on?
2: 22, uh, 22, How
1: can it be? I go 3, 2, 1, and you go, oh, I'll just wait a second. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, maybe right. I did. I'm going to – I'll tell you when it's um. 23, okay? When it's at 23, I'll press
2: okay. go again. Okay. Sounds good. So, okay. for the audience, we're going to make sure we're going to readjust. So, it gets you set it to 23 minutes and zero, zero.
1: 23 minutes,
2: zero, your zero. Boy, let your boy Mike Spiegel and catch up. I'm on 2243. This is just, you know, part of the the fun and entertainment you get from our show. We've been doing this over four years, over 200 episodes in the bag. All right. Now, yep. tell uh, me okay. up to the producer 23. just tell to shut up. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Twenty-three.
1: Is maybe. he holding his head? Yeah, holding his head. Right. Yes. He's having a psychic. Oh, it's a
2: sicker, sicker shock from the price.
1: He's starting to realize maybe yeah, I'm, Baby, going, I'm going mad. What? Oops. The door's shut He's on the road?
2: He's a special effects guy. Oh, I should keep a diary. Oh, I should put this in my journal. Oh, no, it's too personal. I'll put it in my diary. My ledger? Oh, Oh, no, too stuffy.
1: So he's on the bench because he insists I must go on, but he isn't even concentrating. He has to excuse himself and go home for the day.
2: Wow. All right, rapist,
1: you're free. Just has to go home. Now look, he's he's starting now to write a diary, and this will begin to record all the weird things happening to him and how he thinks he's losing his mind. And you see Connect Four on the right. side of his desk there.
2: Hmm. Oh, I didn't notice that. Pretty sneaky girl.
1: Pretty. Oh, here diagonally. <laughs>
2: Brother, don't you, did you read the entire instruction manual? I read it up to the last sen- sentence. What's this about Diagonal? Now look, here's the voice of the Horla. Green eyes! Uh, green eyes. Special effects. Oh! Now the voice of the uh, Horla is our
1: second Star Trek connection. Interesting. No. <laughs> he was in Star Trek Ins- Insurrection, the movie in 1998, and he was son of Officer 3. He must
2: be old as fuck, though. He's the son.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I did see Star Trek Insurrection, but I, I, I don't remember. He was also in Star Trek Voyager in 1999. He was in an episode called Gravity, and he was a Vulcan master. And in 2001, he was on Star Trek's Enterprise as a dog. Wow. So he is another. Oh, that's right.
2: You think people like recurring uh, character actors on the Star Trek franchises get cockier as, as they continue? I was in a movie.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Enterprise this, motherfuckers.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: I okay. Will. Now
1: the Horla is going to make him kill his bird, who he loves. Oh, I get to. And
2: look at Vincent eating, chewing the fucking scenery. Okay, Vincent, this is a five-minute scene by yourself, and you're going to kill kill a bird.
1: Yeah, you squish him to death. Okay. He's
2: broken up. He's broken Don't up. Don't fuck with cats. Right. I saw this YouTube video. I was I was disgusted.
1: You know, it's hard being a bird owner, and it's hard being a cat owner, but being a dog owner is roof, roof, <laughs> very, very roof. You
2: think, I think it's all, bite, all bark, no bite.
1: <laughs> That's why I love trees. They're all inanimate. They couldn't really hurt you. They're they're all bark, no bite. <laughs> Okay, so he goes to the doctor, and he's like, doctor, what the fuck is wrong with me? And the doctor goes, you've been haunted by you know, the death of your son. I know it was 12 years ago, but it's coming back. So what you've got to do is change your life. you got to quit being a judge and do something you love, like you used to be a sculptor. Why don't you go back to that?
2: Okay, so still eat red meat? What's yeah, that? Yeah, don't worry about that. Can I still eat red meat, doctor?
1: Yes, you can eat red meat, just not as a judge.
2: The offering of a cigar?
1: Yeah. What
2: kind of fucking doctor is he?
1: Do you hear the audio when you I know, turn it me on?
2: Kind of, sort of. You hear it? Yeah. Well, here, I'll, okay, I'll turn on, too. It, it's very faint.
1: It's very faint. Let me try it now. How about now? Yeah,
2: whatever, Carl. Let, let the camera pair if you if you're new to our show.
1: This is a horrible scene. It's very boring. It's a bunch of talking, but it basically sets up that he's going to become a sculptor again. Okay, which is crazy, man. You're a judge. I mean, you've you're well respected. You you've gone up through the ranks as an attorney all the way, and now, well, I guess if you're going crazy, right, it makes sense. Right. Stop and smell the roses.
2: <laughs> oh, I did, and the roses uh, filed a cease and desist order. Oh no, a uh, what what kind of order?
1: Later in this film, the Horla will crush a rose. And then in the next scene, it's not crushed, and the internet thinks that's a big enac- a big uh, continuity problem. It's not. It
2: was, well, because Vince forgot to smell it, so they uh, they fixed it the for him. Listen, man, you know it's a big continuity error. Is a fucking demon possessing you? Did the internet mention that?
1: Nope, that was all part of the so, plot. We're suspending disbelief.
2: Well, you can suspend disbelief for one fucking rose.
1: Okay, oh. so now he's doing it. Now he's doing it. He's out smelling the roses and he's walking he's like going to art galleries and checking stuff out. He's getting back into he's just getting familiar again with the art scene. There's the flying nun. A <laughs> few of them. Look how clean the street is, right?
2: Oh yeah, like I wonder like how many movies they shot on this set, or did they actually just go to France to find like location?
1: Oh, this is a little funny. They're arguing.
2: Oh, and you get to overhear and experience life. Uh, and young ladies in love. <laughs>
1: She's like, he goes, yeah. You know what your problem is? You're a woman.
2: You know, there was a sequel to this movie. Vincent wasn't in it. Uh, I didn't like it, but some people find it priceless.
1: What? What? Some people I'll, find I'll it. I'll
2: repeat it. Priceless.
1: Oh, I gotcha. Because he wasn't in right, it. Because wasn't in He wasn't in Okay. Either. Now we that. need our third Star Trek connection, and she is the model in the painting. Right? So Wouldn't she's like, oh, hang around she... And go, she... Hey, that's me? She, yeah, because she wants him to buy it is why. Because the artist really needs the money.
2: She's an 18th century, third. She's an 18th century thirst trap. Why don't you like my pay- painting and uh, retweet it?
1: No, it's 19th century if it's the
2: 1800s. Carl, listen, I know what I'm talking about. You okay. take the year or the date, and that's yeah. what the century is. So oh, right now okay. we're living in the 20th century. The 21st century.
1: The
2: 20th. Carl, let's retweet if it was the 21st century, it would be 2120.
1: Oh, okay. Now I understand how it works.
2: Yeah, all right. Okay, thank you.
1: Thank you. Now, this man, this woman is Nancy Kovac. She's playing Odette, uh, and she is married to the artist in this, but she was in this great uh, original series episode called Private Little War. I really love that one. She was this sexy, like, medicine woman. She was like a femme fatale. Um, her role was called Nana, and people who know Star Trek know that she was a seductress, and she did the whammy jammy. Now, what she's doing right now is she's charming Vincent, who reveals that he is going to be yes. a sculptor, and he will pay her 10 francs an hour to pose.
2: That's a lot of money.
1: It that was. A she offers that price. He says yes, and she's like, you're not even going to haggle.
2: Oh, you know, no, no. The you price see is the card? Right.
1: She gave him the card, right? There's nothing written yeah, on business the back. Card. And he, we didn't see Vincent write something on the back, right?
2: Right, but the Horla's going to write something.
1: Well, the just do that for later different. when something's written on the back.
2: I understand. Am... I'm the Horda. I'm staying at the Motel 6, room 223.
1: Now, this is the people we saw in the beginning looking at the diary yeah. after the funeral. Yeah, I read. It, yeah. It's the owner Same and location. the daughter. And the daughter really likes the artist who Kim Novak's married to. So they're being a little catty right now. A little snippy. Did
2: you think Kim Novak?
1: She looks like Don Wells, I think.
2: Yeah, I thought you said Kim Novak. I would love to see Kim Novak.
1: Am I? Wait. Uh, oh, Nancy No. Nancy Kovac.
2: Oh, so fast. I switched Kovac. the K
1: in the end.
2: You're such so, Gotcha.
1: <laughs> I had a dyslexic talk. It's... Uh, John you know, Spoonerism, Kovac. if you will. Yes.
2: You know, there was a reverend named John Spooner, and he would fuck up uh, his speech.
1: Really? But people
2: made fun of him and called him that. Uh, yeah. So if you say, like, uh, I guess Jumbo Shrimp, he would reverse it the opening consonant, so it would be, like, Shrumbo Jim? G- Jim, not the best example, <laughs> but, yeah, you get it. just the And they call that a spoonerism.
1: Look, this guy's face looks familiar to me, but, like, IMDB okay. and Wikipedia, like, didn't have a link to learn about him as an actor. He looks like he's done a lot of TV to me. Yeah, like a lot of Westerns. So basically now Odette is like, I'm going to go pose for this rich guy. And he's like, I thought you only posed for me. And she's like, you're jealous. And, you know, he goes, I am. And she goes, it's 10 francs an hour. And then he's like, okay, fuck it. Go ahead. Do it. We need to
2: eat. (laughs) (laughs) 10 bucks an hour. Can I join? Brexit Yeah. 19th century. All right, I got gotcha. you.
1: How many euros? Oh. Is that? <laughs> so what He's we're like going to find out text. is that she is a bit of a, like she's a gold digger, right? And she's realizing right. she's got something better here. What's not explained is why she ended up with him in the first place, if she's such a gold digger. You know, I mean, she didn't dig a very big hole to hook this guy.
2: Right. And then 18 years, he discovers that the kid's not his.
1: What? Knockers. That's a young friend. Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: that's right. We forgot Oh, there's a knock. Oh man, am I delayed
1: again? Hey, are you a Star Trek connection? Yes, I am. Me too. Oh, you? Great. I didn't see you on the set. We were in different episodes. Ah.
2: We were different episodes. Is it shit, But we could both agree Shatter's a fucking asshole.
1: Now Odette is looking around, like, "Look at this fucking money. This is the joint."
2: Yeah, I mean, this is one guy lives here, and he's got a butler and a maid. Well, he's a a rich I don't think it's a trust fund right if he's a magistrate he probably earned the money
1: no his family has a long history it's inheritance it's true he's a magistrate and everything but uh, and he must do very well but the house was his ancestors and there's all of these uh, sculptures of uh, his his the, you know, uh, ancestors, and they're going to fall and almost kill the husband. We'll see it later. And that's how we learn that right. uh, the family's been in the – they're they're like, hey, man, he's got a chick, man. Come on. It's been 12 years. <laughs> now, look, remember how we there can... was the cobwebs everywhere?
2: Not anymore. I right. I guess
1: up. he sicked his uh, servants on it.
2: I'm surprised, like, what kind of servants are there? There's one guy at one house, and they never clean
1: up the fucking attic? They didn't, because there was no cause to go up there, but now there is, because Odette will be posing. See that blob of clay? That will become an Odette. Yeah. Really? That's a not a lot of clay. I know! He does such a good job that she is indebted to him. <laughs>
2: That's much better than my fucking price, bud.
1: <laughs> it's a. It's a that was the most money they oh. spent on this whole thing the Vincent price. They paid the Vincent price for his acting. It was worth it, Carl. You know the price is right. Bingo. Now, there was a poet, and he wrote uh, a a poem called The Laughing Woman, and that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get Odette to be the laughing woman. And she's like, will this be with my clothes on or off? And Vincent's like, oh, oh, no, this will not be a nude.
2: Lucky her, right? Ten francs an hour, and she gets to keep her clothes on?
1: Yeah, she's very pretty. Yeah. I just want to talk. She was in Bewitched and Batman and I Dream a Genie and Get Smart and Perry Mason and Man for wow. And then wow. she was the hostess of Beat the Clock. You remember that oh, game cool. show, right?
2: Yeah, I'm trying to remember uh, the premise of it. Like, you get a bunch of questions, you try to... Uh, no, no, you, know.
1: you don't remember. They would do something yep. elaborate, like uh, make a... Um, like, you would have all these eggs, and you had to use a spoon and carry them over to this other concoction where you would let them roll into, the, like, the nest or something. And you had to do it in one minute. Go! And so th- they would screw up. They would drop an egg. Beat the Clock was a physical challenge. Oh. Okay, so here we're seeing a Good. montage of It's Been Weeks.
2: What was that guy for every game show? Like a minute to lose it or uh, win it? Where they would do wacky
1: shit like that and they had a minute. That's the concept of... And, but the thing is, with Beat the Clock, it would always be a different contraction, a different thing they were trying to do. Okay, so now she's going to fawn over it, all this praise. Oh, it's... A, now, notice how it's laughing, right? It's the laughing woman. Right. That Later on, it'll become a frown.
2: Wow. Well, because he probably read the rest of the script. Thanks, nice bus. All right, never mind.
1: Why would you say? I just nice I was distracted with the sound. Are you at 40 and 15, 16, 17? I'll tell you. 40 and uh, 20?
0: I'm on
2: 17. I'm, like, two seconds behind. Let me go ahead and just
1: move it up. How can it be? How can it be? But okay.
2: All right, now I'm on 20 – I'm on 31.
1: Okay, we're together then. You're one second behind. All right. So now he's like, thanks, 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 and she's trying to upsell herself. You should do a full-life statue of me. And, like, just, like, he's starting to get a little hot for her.
2: I let you see my game, oh look
1: she, at she's him doing lots of uh passive aggressive stuff like oh to you I am but the scent of a perfume pretty in the room and then fades away as I'm gone stuff like that trying to lure her and it's working it's working lure him and it's working
2: He's smitten. Oh, and who's this ugly lady?
1: Yeah, that's his wife. Oh, no lady. That's my wife.
2: Do you want to take my wife, please? <laughs> I'll tell ya. Oh. Look at that. You can see his boner decrease when she brings up his dead wife.
1: Yeah, that's right. It gets softer. Now, he was in over 100 films. He's got two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, one for TV and one for movies.
2: That's nuts. Well, we should mention, like two weeks ago, Carl and I on our, our show, we had a great pleasure to watch two after-school specials that were shot in our high school, which right. is located in Montclair, New Jersey.
1: Yes.
2: Did Vincent Price live in Montclair?
1: Uh, No, not that I know of, no. But maybe he did, and I don't know it. Uh, in looking up his research, it didn't really list that kind of thing.
2: I don't know why I always thought he did. I know that, of course, Yogi Berra lived there. Yogi Berra. Kelly Sabalis.
1: Telly Savalas lived there. Mm-hmm. And today, Stephen Colbert yeah. lives there.
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. How tiresome. So this, the <laughs> Colbert report is, 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 is airing from Walker, New Jersey, basically, during quarantine.
1: Um. He was an art collector, Vincent Price, and an art consultant. He had a degree in art history. He lectured on it. And he wrote books about it.
2: Interesting. Which is weird because Steve Martin is also a noted art collector, and and but he uh, Vincent still did his stick. He didn't like. He was wasn't above him.
1: No, not at all. And he was a gourmet cook.
2: Yeah, that I know. That's uh, uh, one of the more interesting things about him. He's an interesting cool. guy, like, uh, yeah. and he saved so many movies. Jesus Christ. Now,
1: if you look at this video and you look at the comments underneath in YouTube, you'll find this lady relates this nice story. Um, in 1973, I was taking a film class in college. Vincent Price spoke, and afterwards, they he went up to her and the, and the mother and said, would you get a cup of coffee with me? And they went to the IHOP the IHOP and and he spent about an hour telling great stories. The thing is like Vincent Price is Okay, I gotta interrupt. The Horla okay. is here. He has no reflection in the mirror. Because the Horla has a physical form and is blocking the light. Now look, you'll see his reflection. Look at the brown thing. You see Vincent Price reflection did you miss it? Let me take a look. Let me take you a look. Are still there? Oh, my God. Let well, I hope a... the audience let saw me, let it. Me... He, threw a... <laughs> he threw an art box, and it bombed a piece of glass they had put up. But you saw his
2: reflection. Uh... Carl, listen, I was looking at my phone during that scene. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, listen, you're doing a podcast. Do. You are oh, the podcaster. Oh, am I on What's your, what's your
2: opinion of comedians taking a phone call on stage? <laughs>
1: that's
2: fine. It's fine. He's famous. Let him do what he wants. Oh, I have to get this. Yeah, hey. Yeah, I'm on stage. Hey, audience. Why don't you applaud? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing my set. Yeah, I'm in the middle of uh, talking to show, about the show Cops. Uh-huh. All right.
1: Do you watch Cops? Because they're watching you. All right. That's been my time. Look out. Wow, that was... So now we find out that the Horla. Yeah. So the Horla mm-hmm. is a physical yeah. form. It's like a human being, but they're between two worlds. Okay. And they show up when there's evil. So you see his hand, his arm physically opened that. His Okay, now you'll see wires. Please, please, please. By the way, Carl, nice chest. Thanks. Your wife had a nice chest. Um, you can see wires. Oh, it makes a difference. <laughs> so what I'm trying to tell you is in the same way a person could get shot or a person could burn to death or a person could get uh, knifed, the Horlick can too, they're physical. They're physical creatures.
2: So did he burn up? The horla burn up in the
1: fire? Well, yes, you're ruining the end, and that's great. I love that sort of thing. Ruin it. Well,
2: I I didn't really ruin it when you fucking led me there.
1: (laughs) I'm blaming it on you, even though I did it.
2: Yeah, even though you just told me. So Vincent Price is
1: very clever in the end, his character. He, like, locks him in a room And then, like, sets the room on fire. Now, of course, Vincent's going to die, but he kills the Horla.
2: Yay. Is the Horla talking to him right now? Yeah. The Horla.
1: Or it's going to disappear. Now, look, you see the smile?
2: Yeah. The smiling, smiling, smiling.
1: they do what? claymation,
2: and it turns into a frown. Oh, my God. By the way, i got to eat some California raisins. I'll be right back.
1: Oh, no, Mike. This is like <laughs> Paul going to play with his erector set during our podcast. I Tell was making Sir a joke looks-
2: about claymation, Carl. I'm, I'm on stage. Do you mind? I'm in
1: <laughs> Now, the thing is, the horn is a physical creature, so he manipulated it, like, with his thumbs and you know what I mean? So he's a sculptor too.
2: Yeah. It's a p- better one. Yeah. Ooh.
1: Ooh. He didn't touch the, the woman's hair, though. That's cool. Yeah. He still wants to know that he's not crazy. So he calls up Pierre, our Star Trek connection. And yeah. you stay here. You're only in Blood of Dracula. And. And he wants him to see, do you see the thing has changed? And he uh, he confirms it. So he's not crazy. So Diary of a Madman is the wrong title for this film.
2: Well, would you think it's Diary of a Guy Who Got duped by the Horla?
1: Right, exactly. Well, it was originally going to be called Horla. Let me see here. Originally entitled The Horla.
2: I think Diary of a Madman has a better ring to it. Okay. Well, you get two for the Horla. Listen, it sounds too Jewish to me. Um, 90 minutes of dancing.
1: <laughs> well, Guy de Mes... was French, and there weren't many... Well, I don't know. It's 1800s. Oh, a guy named Reginald Leborg wrote this. Now, he was born in Austria, in Vienna. And he came and visited the United States in, like, 28, 1929, 1930, and he moved here, and he became a director. Uh, He made a series of low-budget horror films for Universal in the 40s. In 1944, his most expensive and successful, San Diego, I Love You!, which featured Buster Keaton in a supporting
2: role. I wonder if San Diego, I Love You! is on YouTube.
1: It might be. San
2: Diego. San Diego. God, how arbitrary.
1: Why Uh, not Pleasanton? He did bad films, really. Uh, He did this one called Voodoo Island in 57, which is supposed to be terrible, and The House of Black Death in 65, which is supposed to be terrible. Terrible. I don't
2: know. San Diego, I Love You, 1944. Okay, let's see if this is in
1: Yes, mm-hmm. San Diego.
2: No, One. it's pl- no, no. It's uh, you know what it is? It's those playlists that says "full movies" with pe- in all caps and periods in between the word "full."
1: Yeah, it's true.
2: Which just means a bunch of clips and then some other garbage. I like Buster Keenan. Yeah, and
1: it was a supporting role, not a starring role. And we're talking about uh, 1944, so he was, you know, way big and famous. Maybe it was on his downswing because
2: there were talkies now. He was definitely he was on his he had an interesting history because he's an amazing innovator. Even his stunts were were reused by the Marx Brothers and Night of the Opera. But he uh, he was kind of a drunk. And when talkies came about, the the studio treated him like shit. He literally lived in the studio like he had like a trailer there. They eventually kicked him out, but he would make these buddy comedies with Jimmy Durante.
1: Uh
2: And I've seen him. What, no beer? And it was basically like prohibition comedies. Uh-huh. So imagine like if it was like uh, Red Man and Method Man or something like a pop comedy, How High, right. uh, with with beer. And then imagine instead of Red Man and, and Method Man, it was like the King of Silent Movies doing talkies and some obnoxious yatter, yacker. That's right, okay. I said it. Jimmy Durante.
1: What the Horla did is he said, you will kill this girl. You're going to fall in love with her. You're going to offer her to marry you. Like, he, he wants to fuck with this uh, Vincent Price. You see, Vincent killed Luisa Roll, And so he's like, since you killed the man I possessed, I will now possess you. And I don't know how he does it, but Vincent Price came over to show that he bought the painting she was in as the dancer, and he basically asks her to marry him.
2: Huh. Well, For dinner, they'll have
1: champagne.
2: Ooh, Lunchables. Ooh, pizza Lunchables. How fancy. I thought (laughs) Vincent Price Lunchables.
1: (laughs) The hornless like, this woman is vain. You will play to that vanity and buy the picture. And she does. She loves it.
2: Vincent's so cool. Vincent Price is one of the best actors.
1: Mm-hmm. I,
2: mean, I don't know what he's like as a human being, but he sounds like a decent human being, surprisingly.
1: Yes, yes. It's every Everything I've read about him says that. He was in Michael Jackson's Thriller, remember, as the narrator?
2: Yes. Yes. But As... The... Fi- Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say the original his first take was Quincy Jones. Make sure I get residuals for this song.
1: Quincy Jones. No, no, had, no, uh, he uh, produced that uh, thriller. Oh, I see. Um, he was in Edward Scissor's hand, Scissorhands, as the yeah. guy who invented. Well, wasn't Edward he like Caesar. the father? Yeah, he was the father of Edward Scissorhands, but. Price suffered from chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, C O P D, and Parkinson's and his symptoms were especially severe during the filming of Edward Scissorhands, making it necessary to cut his filming schedule short. So he was gonna do more in that film. Interesting. And he died yeah, of
2: lung five. Isn't like in Frankenweedy a character's name Vincent or something like that. Like that he, would uh, make uh, he sense. loves Vincent Price. Yeah. Or he did the voice in the original uh, animated short or something.
1: Here's what I find most interesting. He was in The Fly, 1958. You know the uh, one that was done by uh, uh, by by uh, Jeff. Jeff, yeah, Jeff Goldblum. And there was a sequel called Return of the Fly in 1959. But he was in Abbott Costello Meet Frankenstein. He was. I love that movie. Yeah.
2: You know what? I I probably didn't see it because I had watched that movie with my kid way back when the kid was young, and fucking that movie scared the
1: shit.
2: Every time he was scared of Costello. He would always uh, go, he wasn't scared of the Frankenstein. It was
1: Abner Costello that, that petrified him. Yeah, we always suspected that Je- uh, Jeannie Devar Darville is like secretly in love with uh, the the. Um, the, the artist. Now we're really finding out. Now this woman, she was married to Mickey Rooney. They have a son together. She was married six years to Mickey Rooney.
2: Six years, that's a good run. Mickey Rooney was married what, six times, seven times? Something like there. that.
1: In six years and a child, that's a, good that's a pretty good run for Mickey Rooney. That's a good run. Now her, her Rooney, first talk about husband an oddball. he married like her high school sweetheart. And took him to L.A., and then he was arrested for, like, multiple robberies in L.A. They gave him, like, five years probation. <laughs> and in 1955, she is like, you and me are through.
2: Oh, look, there's that writing you said that wasn't there.
1: Yep, that's right.
2: Why aren't you... business cards an anachronism?
1: It's a, not an anachronism. It's a continuity error.
2: But I'm saying, were business cards there during the 19th century?
1: Yes, yes. They
2: absolutely.
1: were? Sure, there were business cards in the 1800s, absolutely. 1900s, Carl. 1800s.
2: <laughs> what are you, ignorant?
1: She was in Herbie Rides again.
2: Oh, so that's what I reckon. Man, she's like classic. I want to watch Batman just to see her in it. You know what I mean? Lots I want to watch Batman yeah. just to see her in and it. And all
0: that
1: i dream a genie like my TV. tv
2: because those those 60s shows it was always like bright and colorful and the women they had are always like sparkling so yeah. like i could see her be a good fit in those comedy.
3: now
1: she's talking about her plans with odette they're going to go off and get married uh they're going to go to his house in switzerland so he's going to send the servants ahead of time to prepare the house She's just beside oh, herself. Great. Her plot is working great.
2: She's gonna set up a woman cave. It's like a man cave, but for women.
1: Uh, a, a, a she shed.
2: Shut up. Really? A she shed? Yeah, that's perfect. I didn't but realize. She that. Sure.
1: So <laughs> now our Star Trek connection, Pierre comes in and is like, the husband of this lady's here. And he's like, husband? And she's like, well, I I, I I, didn't tell. I didn't want to tell you, but, 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 but.
2: I learned it from Mickey Rooney. Yeah. I can marry twice.
1: No, she wasn't married to Mickey Rooney. No,
2: she, oh, she wasn't.
1: No. She was, um, Mickey um, Rooney. She, she, She was a model, and she became one of the glee girls for Jackie Gleason. That's how she started. Oh, my God. I mean, by the time she was 20, she won eight titles as a, in beauty contests. I mean, she was out there doing stuff and being a model. But uh, she yeah. fell in love with acting and became hostess of Beat the Clock.
2: You know, it's funny. This takes place in France, even though the the, the journal and the diary and the uh, case study is all in yeah. English. All in English. All the actors, that surfers, this guy, like the... The fiance, this guy that walked in, he's the one that looks so American. Like everyone else, yes. is kind of passed for France. Like, you know, yes. suspension their disbelief. But this guy looks like he just walked off of gun smoke.
1: That's right. right. That's an American accent.
2: Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> is he gonna kill him? Is is the horla like gonna tell him to kill this guy?
1: The Horla is, but he refuses. So the Horla wants to show him how easy it is to kill a man, so he knocks all those statues off the wall to smush him. But he misses. He misses on purpose.
2: Right, on purpose. You have the ability to be uh, a demon and have physical form and be invisible, but you just happen to not be a very good killer. <laughs> he
1: he claims that he didn't – oh, I meant to do that. I just wanted to show you to, uh, how easy it is to kill a man. <laughs> so now basically he's like, hey, you know, you're up to something no good. And he's like, hey, you know, whatever. Odette wants me. Yeah, she doesn't yeah want I guess you. I am. Now the Horless talking. Now I was... I won't kill him. Like Price, I, owe-
2: I won't. Well, you must, Vincent. I mean, uh, whatever your French now is. Now watch
1: the statues. Whoa! Uh, whoa! whoa. whoa. Oh, I said an urn. I'm sorry. An urn on a statue.
2: Yeah. Urn. What happened? An urn fell on me. Oh, urn. That burn.
1: The reason it didn't hit him and kill him, but because that would be by mistake. If you're going to die that way, you've got to earn it.
2: Oh right. Well, he's he's a adversary. I mean, he, like you said, the Horla makes a good case. He should kill the fiance.
1: It's really right. Easy. The Horla just wants killing. You know. Evil, evil Horla. So Vincent Price is such a nice guy, he says to Pierre, he goes, you can clean this up in the morning. <laughs>
2: yeah, like they're too busy doing everything else this guy.
1: Right. Oh, the Horla walked in,
2: uh, horla slammed the, the door. House. Horla,
1: enter the Horla.
2: Enter the Horla. That's a good movie title, Enter the Horla.
1: Enter the Horla. That would be good.
2: Yeah. No, but seriously. i stories.
1: Vincent Price in this film is not a madman. He's as sane as anyone dealing with the Horla. It's a bad title. It's a good title for a movie, but it's a bad title for this movie because it's not a Diary of a Man. It's an
2: excellent title. <laughs> it's an excellent title for an Ozzy Osbourne album.
1: Yeah. Oh, exit the Horla.
2: Exit the horror. The Horla has left the building, has left the set, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, that sounds so, like so, Elvis. I mentioned
1: Ozzy Osbourne, and I got the 83. Yeah, Elvis, Elvis has, has left, the, left building. the building. Okay, so okay. um, o- Odette, you know, our gold digger, she was in Frankie and Johnny with Elvis Presley. Her. Oh, wow. And she was I'm in late. Carl Reiner's directorial debut, Enter Laughing, 1967.
2: Which is based on his book. Oh, man, let me see if that's on uh, YouTube. It's He wrote a memoir about his life and then he directed the movie of it. Oh. That sounds like. That's something I want to see. Um, I think it's um, about him writing for Sid Caesar. That
1: sounds
2: like I wrote a book. I wrote a book, uh, Enter Gassing, where I fart all the
1: time. <laughs> Enter. I cropped uh, this. Bovac was in three films that were made in Iran. I don't know if that's interesting, but I wrote it down. She was in a Three Stooges film. She was in Jason and the Argonauts. She was in a Dean Martin film. Yeah, I love that movie.
2: Oh, was it a Matt Helm film? It was
1: The Silencers, 1966.
2: Yep, yep. Terrible, terrible movie. And I actually I've seen that one, and I think I know what role she had.
1: Was
2: I've been watching a lot of uh, Dean Martin... Carl, there's a streaming service called Tubi, T-U-B-I. I mentioned uh-huh. it on the show before. Yeah. But they have Colgate Comedy Hour with Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. They have uh, the Dean Martin roast. And they have, like, the 60s specials he did where he would sing and uh, booze. So if you're into Dean episode. Martin and Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan.
1: Okay, now the horlo will crush a rose, and then later it's not crushed, and the internet thinks that's a big continuity error.
2: <coughs> Listen, a crushed rose is a crushed rose, and it not crushed rose? I think <laughs> said that.
1: The way they did the crush effect is they actually—it was like a sort of balloon kind of thing, and they sucked the air out of it. You'll see. So weird. Now
2: watch, they'll suck it yeah, out! All right. Here we go. Blur. <laughs> that looks like every food I have in my refrigerator.
1: Red peppers and... Look, he's shooting him! He knows he's physical! And he goes, out of bullets. It's... Now look at this bad acting. Vincent Price does his only bad acting. He gets mad at the gun and throws it. <laughs> the rest <laughs> of this film, he is great. Yeah.
2: The maids of the butler are like cowering in their quarters right now. Yeah, it, was... it looks like he's shooting guns again.
1: Right. Didn't they hear the gunshots, for goodness sakes? They must have. They don't run <laughs> in. Don't like What's going on? <clears <clears <throat> that green eyes.
2: Something's going to happen. Doesn't the Horla speak for the trees?
1: (laughs) I am the Horla. I
2: speak for the trees.
1: I'm the (laughs) Horla.
2: Your flippity-floppity with the flippity-flippity will kill all the glippity-gloppities. Listen, Horla, I don't need to hear from you.
1: I'm making Sneeds, Horla. Or is it Thieves? Sneeds? Thieves? What was he making? Sneeds. I think Remember, they were piece, like uh, yeah. long johns. They were underwear, right?
2: Yeah, they were underwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was like three sleeves or like you didn't really know which goes where. And I don't think there was a turtleneck
1: to it. I'm your husband. Let me in. So sh- has now moved out and has her own apartment. And she is just sick to death of him.
2: Okay, let's him in. Listen, yeah, we're in well. France. I want one of them kisses. Wow, what a dress. I mean, non- lingerie.
1: Oh, he's mad. He's mad. My things, my things. Why'd you throw the paper on the floor? Why? Now she admits that she's a gold digger.
2: Ah. See, here down, it, here we go. Down, she a good Nothing but a gold digger. That's why I recognized you from the movie Gold Diggers of 1864.
1: <laughs> You're a gold digger. I was panning. I wasn't digging. Uh oh.
2: Right?
1: Green That's eyes. Hard-boiled to the... Now look how Ooh. she fake. She fake locks the door like it's obviously not a lock. Here she yeah. pretends to lock it, and he just walks right in. And she's like, oh, gold Hello. digger guy. I'm so happy to see you, gold digger guy.
2: Wait a minute. How far into this movie is he going to really kill her, right?
1: He is really going to kill her, but the Horla is behind
2: it. I how. I don't understand how this Horla
1: works. He's possessed by the Horla. He's taken over his physical form. Ooh. He hasn't taken over his physical form. He's like mind-controlled him. Stab! 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 Wow
2: psycho, on him, 1960.
1: So she's going like, ouch, uh, ouch. She's no screen queen.
2: Right. She just limps, ragdolls it.
1: Right. Ouch. Now look, there's no blood, and she's dead like instantly.
2: Well, that's no us transfer you.
1: Vincent comes home like, what have I done?
2: I think it's a cool special effect, the way they get the lighting on him,
1: the green eyes. So he won't know what he did. He won't remember. Ooh, now, here comes the post this office the... guy. This is yeah. Marcel, the post office, Don Brody. And he was in Escape to Witch Mountain as gasoline attendant. <laughs> Here's was in... gasoline, young kid. <laughs> he was in Goodbye Norma Jean as projectionist.
2: Oh, what do you think of this movie, Mrs. Monroe?
1: <laughs> he was in Little Big Man. You know that film where the guy's the Indian...
2: Dustin Hoffman movie. Right. Yeah.
1: As stage passenger, uncredited.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> You're killing me.
1: This guy was I'm in 250 films and television productions, and it's all that kind of stuff. In this one, he was... He played like the mailman? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. His biggest role
2: was like, he, order up. He did do voiceover
1: work in Disney's Pinocchio and Dumbo, in which he had some main characters. But that's what's funny. It's like, Mom, Mom, hello, Mom, I landed a big role. You're animated. When are you gonna hit it with <laughs> films?
2: Well I'm trying it, Ma. Listen, Ma, I play a black crow at Dubbo. People will remember that. Uh yeah, not for the right reasons,
1: Not for the right reason. Okay, so Vincent Price is now finding the evidence of his handiwork. Which is blood oh oh. leading up He reads the newspaper headline and it says, Woman beheaded. Right. Now Listen. look.
2: Oh, Wow. Way to rub it in, Horla. No, no. I can't
1: believe the it. Horla I put her. Look. It's her.
2: Yeah. Dead. Camera close-up. I think the camera should zoom into it so I can get the point.
1: Now, that oh, was an possibility, Mike. You couldn't do that. You can't take a fully sculpted clay thing without wrecking oh. it, you know, and put her head in it.
2: Like you said, the Horla is also a, uh, artist. <laughs> you yeah. He was looking forward to it. He spent all night working on it.
1: He had all night because Vincent didn't know what he did, and he just slept. I was home last night. I didn't kill her.
2: The worst maiden butler. Didn't clean up a single drop of blood. Didn't notice the Horla was working. Terrifying. <laughs>
1: Now who do you think they're gonna think killed OJ? Who do you think they'll think killed
2: OJ? Uh oh gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. Yeah, because he went over he there, he
1: was him. yelling, the landlady heard everything.
2: Well, who's gonna be the judge of the case anyway? It's gonna be Vincent. They'll be like, Yeah, you did it, bye. Next case. <laughs> Next
1: That is what happens. Not they don't get okay. that far, but that's what's gonna happen. He's arrested and um Vincent Price will be like, I don't know what you're talking about now, young man. I never met you. Right. Now Mickey Ro- Ro- Rooney's never wife is gonna Mickey's Rooney's wife's gonna go to the dad, be like, They arrested Paul. They arrested him. Now the director wanted the voice of the Horla to come out all distorted, but this producer, Edward Small, would have nothing to do with it. He wanted it to sound clear. And the director always thought that was a big mistake.
2: See, what do you think? I think it makes sense.
1: Well, the American International Pictures, you and I know that company and love that company, yeah. to your show.
2: Love that company. They did love a series
1: em. of Edgar Allan Poe period pieces that were very sure. popular. One of them had Vincent Price in it. And that's what yeah. this guy. No,
2: several had doing. Vincent.
1: They're trying to. Well, yeah, no, several was... had Vincent. The Raven.
2: These, which was directed by Roger Corman, and I think they're probably his best movies, are these uh, Poe adaptations. Like, uh, And they were a hit. They were a surprise. hit. Yeah. And yeah, see, no, they're really good. I mean, imagine they're... doing Poe in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Nevermore. Because so they're trying to recreate the magic.
1: But they, well, they're trying to get yeah. there. Okay, these things sell. Let's make one that sells. But. Yeah. And this is United Artists really now. for it. I mean, like. You might think, oh, United Artists—that's a serious company—but not it, really. In the '60s, they were—they hadn't been bought by conglomerates yet. You know, they were still United right. Pictures was a Americ was an AIP kind of competitor at the time.
2: Now, all right. So I'm going to dip my toe into this water. So United Artists had the James Bond series, and also there was a movie called Heaven's Gate that. Lost the studio so much money that MGM and United Artists wind up merging. Huh. That's why I, I that don't understand this. Yeah, it's a. There was a book called. Uh, well, the movie was *Heaven's Gate*, and shit, what was the book? I love that book. The the producer, one of the executives of the studio, wrote a book about it because the studio went under after letting this director make this insanely expensive movie. Which, if Heaven's Gate was on YouTube, we would do it as a two-parter. Once in a while, Heaven's Gate shows up on HBO, and if you can see it, I I recommend it. It's just batshit.
1: Okay, I'm putting it in my Netflix queue. It's like Heaven's Gate.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's worth a watch.
1: In the book, the Horla lives on water and milk for some reason, and they threw that out entirely. (laughs)
2: Like what? Like Waterman. So we're thinking, oh, you could leave me some milk and water. Ew, gross. Not mixed together.
1: You remember in Waterman when he's drinking the coffee?
2: Yeah, and he he becomes brown. (laughs)
1: He turns brown. Yeah, because he's (laughs) drinking it. That's why when he's at the bar he asks for vodka, because it's clear. Nobody can tell how drunk he is.
2: Well, we should mention Carl has produced a very funny uh, pilot called Waterman, which is a stream of water as a cop. <laughs> and it's available on Vimeo, but I'm not going to give you the link because yeah, you want so you to pay to see this. Right. Oh, you can't. All right. And then, But you actually had a premiere of it where you projected it on the wall. You did yeah, it driving right. style because of the car. Yeah, ball. driving style. Uh, can, can you tell me a little bit about it to so the audience? How was the experience?
1: Well, the – reason I did it, because I want to sell it, I really don't want to show it to the public, you know what I mean? The only reason I did it to yeah. see if they would laugh, because if they're not laughing, okay, you'll see strings here. It's being held by strings.
2: Totally, totally.
1: So, um, I just wanted to gauge audience reactions. If they're laughing, I have something to sell, and I got lucky every, every People thought it was funny.
2: You could hear them in their cars laughing? <laughs>
1: yeah. We were all outside social distancing, Mike.
2: I know, I, you're, you're good at it. I have okay. a thing about, like I know we're watching a movie, but I've been thinking lately, like the purpose of a live comedy show is to make people laugh, and yes. laughter is a great way to uh, uh, transmit the disease. So where does it stand <laughs> to do a live show? Like, that's the reason why I can't do a show.
1: Okay. Now you see it burning, right? This gives Vincent yeah. the idea. That might be the way to, to kill this
2: What
1: see what the Horla is doing is getting rid of the evidence. He covered up the sculpture of Odette. He burns yeah. the painting he bought. Now the thing is though, there's a record of the painting being bought, and the servants who went off to Switzerland they they have evidence that he met Odette and he. I, I, it's a kind of a plot hole. I mean, he could easily Not be right. caught. Uh, this hiding of stuff won't matter if they looked into it. He would be the suspect.
2: Look at him. He opened the door without a butler.
1: Well, that's what he says. Like I was, sub- I expected Pierre, and he goes, "No, he's in my house in Switzerland getting it ready." Right. Basically, he's coming to him like this guy says he knows you. Why? That's ridiculous. Come into my
2: study. <laughs> he heard that knock and from the study. That must be a loud door knocker.
1: The study's right there by the foyer.
2: It's a big house, man. There's a hallway in between it and like a. Oh. Look, that's the pen that he writes a diary with.
1: Uh, yeah. You know, the internet made it a big deal that if he was really writing a diary in ink, he couldn't just close the. It ha, he, you oh, know,
2: absolutely. You
1: it know, it would blot or whatever. And uh, well, I'm,
2: left-handed. That, I'm left-handed. Uh-huh. I'm
1: left-handed.
2: a left-handed person, Carl. Uh, anytime I write an in ink, I smudge it because my hand follows yeah, the, the ink. You know. Yeah. yeah. So I saw. I first thing I noticed when he had the ink that he's right-handed.
1: I meant to bring up that he puts the pen on the desk and it starts to roll and he catches it. I know that that was just some screw-up while they were filming, and they didn't film it again.
2: Ah. Well, God bless Vincent Price. The guy, <laughs> the guy could do no wrong. Like, he, he recovered. control.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, I guess he's done some bad movies.
1: Oh, sure. I love done to his, do uh... – This is one of them. The thing is
2: – Yeah. He,
1: but But he carries it through the strength of his acting – And his fame, you know, it's a Vincent Price film, but it's not a good film. Now he'll just totally deny knowing him, which is, he could so obviously be caught.
2: I've never seen this man in my life. Right. That's That's bullshit. He knows he's getting set up now. Right. Come on, we were in Doctor Goldfoot in the uh, bikini machine. Never yeah, right. heard of it. A-
1: Accusation.
2: He did a film like the, I had never pronounced the guy's name right. The vulnerable Mr. Fibs or Fibs,
1: right. where he's yeah. just
2: like, and there was a sequel too. It's a very, they're both very campy and you know excellent. But he had this. They they made a decision that he talks through voiceover. Like so, here he go, hey, I'm going to. And it just gets, after a while, I'm like, alright I don't know. I guess it's a good film. I need to watch it a couple more times, to be honest with
1: you. So, Christ completely him, like, denies knowing yeah. him, and he's, like, outraged, because that's ridiculous. And he won't get... Uh, the film will end before he gets redeemed. Uh, he he won't get executed, because the diary they're reading right now uh, will clear him. It, it makes clear that... Vincent Price was the killer. This was all filmed in West Hollywood, California, Santa Monica Boulevard, the Samuel Golden Studios. Um, And it was 62, July of 62, they started filming. Is this interesting? No. Maybe. The only thing left I haven't told you is about the writer. The writer's name is Robert Kent. What's that? He's really a producer, uh, but he wrote this one. He began as a rapid screenwriter and story editor for Columbia. He was there for seven years. He worked with this guy, Edward Small. And they. one of his things was he was good at female characters. He was good at writing women. Um, he formed his own production company, Admiral Productions, with Edward Small. And that's what they were doing. They did two horror films with Vincent Price and four westerns with Aud, Aud, Audie Murphy. And that was... Uh, western singer. That was pretty much... That's his claim to fame. He, that was his... Okay, she's back. Yeah. Mickey Rooney's wife. And now it's the, like... They never... I think it's a missed opportunity here. She should really say, I always loved you. She should now reveal her feelings to him. But they don't go there. I mean, show us some drama, you know? And I can't kiss you. Odette is still... Her body's not cold, you know? It's like they should right. do a bunch of... Oh, you know? he kisses me. Yeah. Ah. I was... I yeah. forgot. I saw this film five times. Uh, this is my fifth time, and I forgot.
2: How Did embarrassing. Oh, that yeah, she kisses back.
1: Why didn't I remember this?
2: So watching a Vincent Price movie five times, that's not as bad as what I make you watch for the show otherwise.
1: Yeah, it's not that's swap not me. as bad. I mean, I had to endure Gilligan's Island <laughs> three times and then watch it with Oh,
2: you. my God, enough.
1: All right, all right. <laughs> it's exactly still, exactly. The wound is fresh. The wound is fresh. <laughs> I mean, wait, I was it's coming a off movie. of the munchies a stuff, so I guess I was a little sensitive.
2: Yeah. Well, to be fair, like one... Reminiscing about the movies we watched, *The Brain Dead* and *Carnosaur* are terrible movies, and that kind of threw a a ratchet to T V.
1: Yeah,
2: that was tough to watch those films.
1: Yeah, it really was. But the thing is, *Brain Dead* wasn't as bad because you had Bud Cort, uh, and uh, you you had Bill Pullman, and and uh, you know they were it was good both of them. Yeah, it was good to watch those guys. *Carnosaur* was. Very difficult. Very difficult.
2: Listen, if I may, Carnosaur. The premise is that it's a dinosaur in modern day times. It's killing people, uh, like a serial killer Jurassic Park. Except in this movie, there's like child death, crib death, yeah, uh, forced impregnation, yeah, uh, monsters coming out of pregnant belly. Like everything awful happens in that movie. Everything that has nothing is, to do with the killer gets dinosaur.
1: Killed. Yeah. And remember how the hero yeah. gets killed randomly at the end? You're not even satisfied that the hero won. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Vincent tried to kill himself, point and point. the Horla stopped him. That, What's that?
2: Yeah, that's a mixed bag. I th- I think uh, Carnosaur is worse than Gil- Castaways and Gilligan's Island.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um. Yeah. So Vincent just tried to kill himself. So we can't kill anymore, but the Horla prevented him by taking the little
2: gun away. Mixed bag. It- one hand, you know, you prevent suicide. The other hand, the Horla's still alive. Right. Suicide Prevention Hotline. Horla speaking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just do it.
2: Here, I'll come right over. Uh, Horla, Why take it Nicky wife. I can't. Hello.
1: You know, I always know remember that Vincent you... Price. Yeah.
2: From The Muppet Show. Oh, right. Memorably.
1: Yeah. Well, basically, it's now beautiful. it's um, it's basically you knew them both, you bought the painting, your servants know that she came over. All this will be revealed, and Vincent's like, I don't know what you're talking about, lady.
2: <laughs> oh, so she's
1: going to get killed, huh? She isn't. We're getting near the end now. We have about ten minutes left, and we really don't need this scene. He should do the deed now, but the director's making so us more. Wh-
2: so I know he burns and kills himself in a fire, so that's what the last ten minutes is going to
1: be, right? Yeah, right.
2: He's going to go to the hardware store. I would like 10 gallons of kerosene to right use is right, in a yeah. batch. <laughs> yeah, Price is right. <laughs> Me and my girlfriend like watching horror movies on a Friday night with Vincent Price. That was an old Rhino Records novelty phone.
1: Remember that record, World's, talking about worst, it... World's Worst Songs or whatever? That was pretty good.
2: Yeah. They would have Wild Man Fisher. Come to Rhino Records. They had this guy who couldn't sing, and he was singing like fairy tales can come true.
1: Yeah. It can happen yeah. to you. And I remember that cut. He was like, we're not trying to be perfect
2: no. here. Well, you're young at heart. That's the song. Here is the best part. Yeah, he's just a terrible singer. Well, Rhino, you know, I read the the. The guy wrote a book about it, the history of Rhino, and uh, they started off as novelties. They did a Devo album where they they did all Devo covers with kazoo's, and then yeah. they had other Devo covers. Yeah. And then they started collecting catalogs, like they really love records, and they were. Uh, well, when were Rhino started, they were like,
1: "Let's not just be a cheap record company trying to make some money. Let's be obvious about it." And that'll be our hook, we're kitschy, we're... Our stick. And it worked.
2: Well, there was a record store in Santa Monica, and I went there years ago. I'm sure thanks to the pandemic and everything is long gone, but uh, they were promoting their record store, and they started a label. Yeah. But there was, like, a... I think the story went like they were working with like Columbia. They were working with the majors to release like old stuff, and then the, the majors themselves created a knockoff Rhino version. I think they called it Spearman or something. It's, it's uh-huh. like, or like, you know, and they started doing it. And the guy was pissed because he knew his fans would get ripped. It was a ripoff, and that Uh-oh. people would probably get mistake mistake it for Rhino. So. Okay. Yeah, Doctor Demento plays.
1: No. Go ahead, finish your thought. Dr. Demento, he was part of uh, Rhino for sure. He yeah, he hit.
2: played a lot of Rhino records. Yeah. yeah, okay, let's go back to the movie. I'm sorry.
1: Okay, so Vincent Price now knows, or the Horla knows, that the way to hide uh, uh, that he did this at all is to kill both of them. So he's on his way now to do it. Now, one of the reasons this is a bad film is they do something here that they didn't set up. They do something about religion. Um, And that wasn't in the novel, but not only that, they didn't set it up at the beginning of this film. There's no religious overtones to this film at all. And and religion is going to help him here. So he's on his way to kill her.
2: Right. As one does,
1: as one does, when the horla has taken over.
2: Is he going to see Jesus? He's going to get a uh, Jack Chick yeah. uh, pamphlet and be like, "Oh my God, I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell my kids' shoes." Yes, that's
1: drugs. right. <laughs> he sees the reflection of the cross in his knife, and that like right. snaps him out of it.
2: That's not a bad idea. I mean, he, you know. That God, would work not not really if you religious. set it up
1: at the beginning of the film. Like, you used to be religious and you're not now. So, look, he sees in the reflection of the knife the cross. Oh, like, yeah. power of Jesus. Oh, yeah. And it's a uh, crucifix, like, Don't listen
2: to this. do listen to that Jesus fella. <laughs> Oh, it's a reflection there in the window. I got That's you. That's
1: right. And he's, it snaps him out of it. Now, we need to be set up for this, and we're not.
2: What would be better, a police station or, like, a bookstore that had a book that said don't kill women on the street?
1: <laughs> yeah. He reads the title. Okay, here <laughs> is uh, uh, fr- uh, Father Ramon, who who was at the – uh who was leading the funeral. The funeral. Yeah. He was in, um, it was, this is his final film. He was in a little TV after this. He was in War of the Worlds. He was Red Planet Mars. He was on uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen show three times. He was the doctor in the summer place. He was in The Man Who T- Knew Too Much as an uncredited detective. He's been around. Nice. Right. So he's like, hey. Now the Horla takes the horses' reins and runs them. He's gonna run over Vincent Price and the father.
2: Where, where's the Horla? I don't get it.
1: He's he sitting the there invisible. In the ca- yeah.
2: Yeah, but the, but if he's physical, he would have knocked the driver. or The driver would have noticed if some hairy dude.
1: I know. And what did he do? Did he hop into the carriage? You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Oh,
2: backing the- up. Poor snapples.
1: Excuse me. I almost ran you over.
2: Pardon me, Father. Oh, it must be the Horla. That makes perfect sense. It makes no sense.
1: Yeah, so he he was going to go with him to the church to find sanctuary, but now he realizes if you hang around me, you're probably going to get killed. So he changes his mind and says... He says to send over, what is this, okay, we missed it, but he says that um, uh, the daughter and the owner of the art gallery should go to his house, and now he's making the final entry into his uh, diary, like, if you're reading this, I'm dead, because and I've killed the horla, you know. Oh, I'm sorry, not the father, just Jeannie, just Jeannie comes over. So now the box that they read, Diary of a Madman, um, is going to be delivered. We're, 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 we're marathoning to the end, end. about about five more minutes.
2: I need you to send this transcript to the screenwriter right away.
1: Yeah, because I won't be alive to tell him the story.
2: Oh, and here's the original screenplay I wrote. It's about beach Bums living in Miami. I don't get that joke. Wow, what a fan. Oh, I just said he was like, well, since you're giving it to the screenwriter, here's my, here's a script I wrote. Oh, okay. And then, then it's with... It's treatment. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Carl. I, I said Beach Bones because I was thinking of the beach, the beach movies from the 60s. My, my head's on. I just woke up, man.
1: Understood. Uh, yeah. We're pre-recording because of COVID. It's 9 a.m. in Los Angeles where Mike is right now. Are you in Frisco again?
2: Or? I'm, I'm in Frisco, Frisco, I'm Texas.
1: Sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm back in San Francisco. The city, man. The city. We see the city.
1: Now he's locking and closing off. The the city is New York City, okay? If you lived here, you'd know that.
2: No. Listen, there's the city by the bay. The city the bay is back And then there's Oakland, which is the town. And then San Lorenzo, which is Lorenzo. Lorenzo, Something I made up.
1: Listen, one day I'm going to pull it together and go out there, and I'm going to get the Let's Call It Frisco movement going, and I'm going to ruin all your little cities and towns.
2: Hey, Carl. Carl, listen, it's okay to call San Francisco Frisco, all right? People it born is? here say it all the time. Really? It is. It's just, yeah. yeah. Well, I, from what I what I read is that you don't call it SF because that means you're nouveau. That means you've just moved here. Like, only transplants call it SF. But, honestly, San Francisco is a big fucking thing to say. I, I SF mm-hmm. is a lot easier to say. So, so Frisco. I'm okay with that. I think
1: it should be. I guess San be, Fran is the one. I don't think it should be. Area Rapid
2: Transit.
1: I think it should be Frisco Area Rapid Transit. Fart. Okay. Fart. Uh, now look. Fire. He's like, haha, ha,
2: horla. I burn you. I just started a fire. Yep. Oh. See
1: what a now fucking he's gotten by the, got the fire. Right.
2: Yep. Nothing can go wrong. Wait, where's the exit?
1: Look, he's hardly uh, trying, trying to get out. Escape.
2: That's the stage hand on the other side of the door doing it. Oh! Oh, you got...
1: Take a flying
2: chair. Ha, ha, ha. I burned you. Nothing could go wrong with this.
1: <laughs> Let me out!
2: <laughs> God, look at Vincent just hamming it up while everything's on fire. Look,
1: look you see him burning? Wow. Yeah, it's so so bad. Yeah. Now, this movie is terrible, but it has a really good ending.
2: Was that Tinkerbell? Maybe Maybe burned the wrong guy, the wrong demon. Now look,
1: Vincent's trying to get out, but I think his whole plot was that I thought his whole thing was that he knows he's gonna die, but it's worth it. I mean, that's what his diary no, says. No but he did try to get out.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's human. He wants to. He wants to eat, ta- uh, eat his cake and have it too.
1: Mhm. But he won't. This will get him. Wow! Look oh, at that.
2: Oh, look at that. Uh, yeah, that looks real. Well, yeah. what they
1: did was they burnt a miniature and then overlaid it. They made it, they looked at the frame that they had of the regular house and they burnt the miniature, but they layered it over the real house. And it worked. I could
2: tell it's a miniature. I could tell it's a miniature because there's a Lionel train right next to it.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, you can't see the miniature. They took only the uh. yellow part. Alright, whatever. Uh, so, so now this is part where they like...
2: go, A oh, Horla, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so
1: now they're like, Oh, I get it. Oh, that's what it was. A warning to mankind. The Horla is real. <laughs> Paul will be free. W-
2: but they're like, This is crazy. Why don't we just bury this? And this should never leave the room. I mean, we never speak of the Horla again. So is the Horla going to show up in the last 10 seconds of this movie, Carl?
1: Uh, the Horla isn't just that one man. There's many Horlas, but the one Horla did die. Um, uh,
2: well, all right. Uh, United Artists release. Doesn't it sound like a Jack-O-L-E-T? Carl, what'd you think of this movie?
1: <laughs> I this movie. Okay, <laughs> I did enjoy it, and I... Didn't Doing the research was not torture. I did enjoy it. Oh. Um, but oh, right. uh, it yeah. wasn't a good film,
2: no. I enjoyed it, too. I mean, I didn't hear the audio it was the first time watching as as the way we set up our show. But I, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, for, for all things Price, it was a good one. So there, yeah, we watched a good movie today. Uh, let's watch a full movie on YouTube, a.k.a. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Follow our podcast, uh, with that acronym, just go to your podcast thingy. I, I went to iTunes yesterday and I saw it's listed. It's, it's no! the old photo of Mutiny Radio. So we're on iTunes, buddy. Uh, and then, of course, we do stream on mutinyradio.fm every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, there's some great programming before and after. A lot of live, socially distanced comedy shows you can listen to anywhere in the country and around the world. Carl. Uh, CarlSucks.com. All right, well, ladies, we will. Uh, I will have a movie picked, and I will let Carl know in advance so I can make my best friend watch it for <laughs> Please. <laughs> well, that's been the show, audience. Thank you so much for being with us for this hour and a half. Carl, thank you.
1: Thank you, Mike, for the amazing next show,
2: time. and we'll see you next time. Bye.
1: Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Germans.
3: Radio listener, you are listening to mutinyradio.fm and .sf, and we are streaming live. I also, we have a podcast happening uh, all the way. We have a Zoom call interview all the way from England. It's, it's so crazy. In the age of Zoom, we all uh, get to know each other and meet each other here on the interwebs. I am joined by John Cheatham. Hi, John. Noise. Ha ha ha. There we go. There we go. Hi, John. Hi, Pom. Hi, oh, I, can can you can, hear me? I can hear you fantastically. That is great. Perfect. Perfect. So you're um, an author. You have a new book coming out. You survived a mob hit? We, we need a little give us some crazy background on on John Cheatham and the amazing book that's coming out and what's been gonna be happening with your uh, TV miniseries that is unnamed. It sounds like some really exciting stuff happening in, uh, in your life during COVID times.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, 15 years ago, working for a real estate company in, in England, I, I was asked to assist an American bloodstock stock dealer from Kentucky to buy an old abandoned racetrack in Bulgaria for Bulgaria joined the European Union. So um, I went out there and got the deal agreed. Uh, I then went back to complete the paperwork, uh, and uh, the Russian-Bulgarian mob shot me
3: threw me over a bridge. What? Over a racetrack? Yeah. And But it wasn't even... They were going to get their money, or they didn't want... It was all a ruse. They, they didn't want
4: the Americans to buy it. The, the Bulgarian mob wanted
3: it. And so the Bulgarian mob shot you. Where were you shot? Through my leg. Through your leg. Uh,
4: straight through my right, right leg.
3: And uh, di- But it didn't hit a femoral artery. I mean, obviously you're live. You're talking to us. Which is uh, yeah, exciting.
4: Yeah, um, I, I spent four and a half years on crutches, though, learning to work.
3: Wow. So it, like, hit the bone, or did it just ruin all of it, the muscle? It, it, or?
4: It, it, it completely shattered the bones. Oh, my God.
3: So did you start writing? Did you write before this incident, or was it this incident that sparked... It was
4: that, that, that incident and having time on my hands. Um, that kind of brought me to writing. Uh, I would I'd been interested when I was at school and stuff, but life takes over, sort of work and whatever's going on in your life takes over. Yeah. So um, I didn't have a great deal of time, I was always working, always busy, and then when that happens,
3: you suddenly find you're at home for four years. <laughs> So COVID's easy for you. You're like, B, I've been at home for four years. What are you talking about? This, uh- oh no, you have to be in yeah. your house for four <laughs> months. Poor baby. It's like four years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they, this, this lockdown is just a warm up. <laughs> so uh, is your book nonfiction or did you write a fiction book based off the- No, it's the- not
4: no, non-fi- nonfiction. Um, it's going to be the the gritty truth about everything that happened out there.
3: Are you not afraid that they're going to come after you again? I mean, no, it's the I'm Bulgarian not. mob. They're not going to come after
4: yeah,
3: you. I, I, I survived them once. There's they, no chance. I'm a tough Brit. Yeah, I mean, four and a half years, shattered leg. But you can walk again.
4: Yeah, yeah I can oh, walk
3: great. almost
4: normal. Wow.
3: Uh, but you still have a real job, so this is like.
4: Yeah, I yeah, yeah. still back back in real estate, doing what
3: I've always done. And just so, did you get an agent and a manager, or how are you? How did you? How are you putting out this novel? Do you have a publishing company right, you're going I, through? I,
4: I, or... I, um, I yeah, there the, is the a TV producer meeting me next week <gasps> in London
3: to take care of all that. Wow. That's really, really exciting. Did you, now did this all come about because of COVID? Once you were on lockdown, you had the ability to kind of sell your wares or talk to people about what happened? Or was it, has this been in the works for many, many years?
4: Uh, uh, you know, yeah, a little bit. Just before lockdown, I was at a sportsman's uh, dinner, you know, Sportsmen that have retired—they did sort of like charity events. Sure. I, I was at one of one of those with uh, a, ex boxer, uh, a lightweight boxer, and in walked uh, a lady from from my local area. It was the first female world champion boxer. Wow. And uh, they're, they're doing a film in Hollywood about, about her. And she she knows me from old. She grabbed hold of me and said, what's all this story about Bulgaria and you? She said, I've heard a little bit. What's going on? And I, I told her briefly. She said, right, I've got an agent in London that wants to talk to you. He'll ring you on Monday. And then lockdown came. Uh, and we've not. We've not been able to meet. We've we've been sending the odd email and the old conversation. But he emailed me last week and said, "Look, lockdown's been lifted now. How are you for the end of July? Coming to London to meet me to get
3: this done." Fantastic. Hey, that's I mean, well, it's terrible that COVID happened and everything got shut down. But that you still have the connection and. And that, because this is a really exciting project, also that it involves, you're a Brit, you were brokering on behalf of an American in Bulgaria. Like, it's it just, it's like a, it's kind of a, a mind twist of what's going to happen. And all the cool accents, like, what does a Bulgarian accent sound like? <laughs> it's gonna it, be. it sounds like, yeah, average Russian. Oh, all right. So... Russians. So how did you get involved with the Americans to broker this racetrack deal? That just sounds so
4: uh, well, uh, this is the tale at the end of the story. That'll be amazing. There's a large company in America, not mentioning any names, but they're in Pittsburgh. Uh And they begin with W. Uh Aha. Oh, okay. So the the American bloodstock dealer's wife worked high up for this company. Now, she was in England, in my local area, brokering a deal for for something here. And her husband joined her while she was here for about five years. All that time they were here, they, they leased a house from me
3: ah it's the real estate it's just so funny because you wouldn't think something when people think real estate they think kind of mundane you know they don't think like world travelers and brokering these big deals and 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 the mob and getting shot you usually think like oh you know it's real estate buying and selling things yeah
4: you think it's easy you think you're gonna have a little, little lady coming around buying a little house and moving in and everything's good, but now it's, uh, it's some
3: messy, messy business out there. Wow. And you got wrapped up in it. So, yeah. We're, did you know the mob was involved? Or was it like all of a sudden it was thrust upon you that oh, geez, I'm it was, dealing with all, the mob. All,
4: all of a sudden I got separated from Someone I was talking to, and I got shot
3: and pushed over a bridge. <gasps> How? Okay, so now you have to tell me a little bit of the survival tale. So you're in the river. You're bleeding. No,
4: no, it was a, a, a road bridge. It's like uh, I landed on tarmac. Oh, my God.
3: You're lucky you didn't get hit by a different car.
4: So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I landed on tarmac. I must have... I must have passed out but I must have come round very, very quickly because they the mob who shot me were running around the bridge to try and finish me off. Wow. But I I could see all the blood and the bones and the things <gasps> from my leg and behind me was a cab light. So they were about 15 20 feet away was a a cab waiting for business and he must have have seen what happened and he reversed and picked
3: me up and sped away oh my god that's insane you got you know what even you got pushed over the bridge onto a road below you didn't crack your head open like even the fall could have been even worse but there's bones sticking out you're bleeding all over the place did they did they clip a femoral artery or was that why you didn't die because like it seems kind of an amazing yeah, shot
4: I I, I I amazingly no arteries were clipped wow. but the bones I, I landed on on my right leg that i'd been shot through Whoa. so the bone the bones just compounded from my knee to my foot
3: well, at least it wasn't the other leg, because then it could have been one leg was shot and broken and shattered. And then if you would have fallen on the other leg, then you really would have had, you would have two broken legs. And then what of do you do? I, I, I would have died if that happened. Oh, that's so incredible that you're alive. And the cab driver just happened to be there, and he reverses, and what, he, like, you're still lucid? You're still awake at this point? He it
4: reverses his speed, He throws open the back door dragged me into the back of the cab and sped off.
3: Wow. And just straight to the hospital. And but wait, wait. this is in Bulgaria. No, he,
4: he took me to the hotel. Oh. Where are you staying, where are you staying. And he, we screeched at the hotel. And he opened the door and screamed me out in front
3: of the hotel. Whoa. Because he didn't want to be connected and with sped, it. Sped <gasps> off. Oh, my God. Well, absolutely. He wouldn't want to be connected with it, that either he did it, or that he knew who did it or anything because then they could find him. That's it. That's it. And so you're in front of your hotel bleeding and you just, are you screaming like, help me, help me or were you just in so much shock that you...
4: I was in shock